Hello again and welcome back to Daily Devotions with North Clay Baptist Church. My name is Pastor Drew and I'm very excited to be with you once again as we are working our way through another book of the Bible in our one year Bible reading plan. And today we're going to begin our study in the book of Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah prophesied in Judah, and his prophetic ministry began during the reign of Josiah and continued until sometime after the destruction of Jerusalem in 586 BC. He received the title, the weeping prophet, because of his agony over persistently proclaiming and prophesying of God's coming judgment. And it is important to note that even though he was faithful in carrying God's message of judgment, even at great risk to his own life, Jeremiah did not see a single convert during the entirety of his ministry. Now, although Jeremiah is often referred to as the weeping prophet, as we've already pointed out, it's not as though he was just perpetually sad all the time, even though he had good reason to be. Not only was the content of his message sobering and difficult and often sad at times, but the people he loved, the people he cared for, the people to whom he carried this message, the people continually rejected the word of God as proclaimed by his prophet Jeremiah. Yet despite these things, what we see is that Jeremiah continued to persevere and continued to be faithful in proclaiming the word of God to God's people. And he serves as a fitting example for us as we have been commissioned to carry Christ's gospel to a lost and a dying world. And so at this point, before we jump into our reading today, I would like to make a couple notes about prophecy in Scripture. And I'd like to do this for a couple of reasons. First is that often people have a lot of misconceptions when it comes to prophecy in Scripture. And not only that, but certainly over the last several decades, Prophecy has been hyper-sensationalized in our modern culture, most notably and famously with the Left Behind series and the book of Revelation. So I wanted to take some time to point out a couple of key things concerning prophecy so that as we approach prophecy, whether in the book of Jeremiah or any of the other prophetic writings or, or simply the many prophecies that are littered throughout the pages of Scripture, I want us to be able to approach these things, these prophecies, with confidence, knowing that we have the tools to rightly divide the Word of God. And so there's really just two things I would like to point out concerning prophecy. The first is that often when people think of prophecy, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, this idea of uh, telling and predicting the future before it happens. Now, while there are certain aspects of prophetic ministry that do involve foretelling the future, The primary role of prophecy is not simply to tell the future before it happens. Rather, the primary role of prophecy is to bring forth the Word of God. In other words, uh, prophecy is not simply foretelling the future. Rather, it's forth-telling the Word of God. And that's a distinction that we've heard Pastor Tim use on several occasions. And so, uh, one of the key phrases that we see throughout Scripture Uh, concerning the prophets, is that when the prophets would speak, we'd see the phrase, thus says the Lord, and then the prophet would deliver the message. And one of the key phrases that we see repeated in the book of Jeremiah is this, we see, and the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. And what would follow is this message, this prophecy that God had given Jeremiah to deliver to the people of Israel. 
And so what we see with these particular phrases, thus says the Lord and the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. What we see with these phrases is that the primary purpose of prophecy, the primary duty of the prophets was not simply to predict the future. Rather, it was to bring forth the word of God. And so that's the first thing. The first thing is that prophecy is primarily about bringing forth the word of God. The second thing is that prophecy is always covenantal. Throughout the entirety of the Bible, all prophecy is connected to and related to God's covenant with his people. God always sent prophets in connection with his covenant, and the message of the prophets was always covenantal in nature. God would often send prophets to his people to remind them of the terms of the covenant that he made with them. And often the prophets would, remind, would uh, tell the people about how they had violated the terms of that covenant and the future of judgment that was sure to come because of their sin. And this is very important because we see this covenantal nature of prophecy, specifically when it comes to the foretelling aspect or the predicting the future aspect of prophecy. If we go back to the book of Exodus or Deuteronomy, we, you'll see that God's covenant with his people came with certain terms. And there were blessings and cursings for obedience to those terms or disobedience to those terms. So the future that was foretold by the prophets was not arbitrary in nature. They weren't simply saying, well, I'm going to prophesy who's going to win the next presidential election, or I'm going to prophesy what the weather is going to be like, or who's going to win the Super Bowl. No. The future that was foretold by the prophets was specifically tied to God's covenant with his people and specifically the terms of that covenant. Um, if you were to have the blessings and cursings of Deuteronomy open and were able to compare all of the prophetic uh, utterances throughout Scripture, specifically when they were predicting the future or foretelling the future, you would see that all of these prophecies are related to and intimately tied to the terms of God's covenant with his people. Similarly, prophecies that weren't about judgment but were about blessing were brought forth because of God's covenant promises, uh, uh, such as those that were made to Abraham and David. Um, if you recall, when God made a covenant with Abraham, God ratified this covenant on the basis of himself rather than on the basis of Abraham's obedience. And so God committed to take upon himself the duty of upholding the terms of the covenant, as well as the curses that were associated with violating that covenant. And so we see that God promised to bless Abraham, not on the basis of his own obedience, but on the basis of himself. And similarly with David, we see that God promised, covenantally promised to bless Abraham and to bless David. And so as we've mentioned, prophecy is always covenantal in nature. The prophetic foretellings of the future, when it took place, was always connected to God's covenant with his people. And it was always foretelling the future that was coming because of their violation of the covenant. Or that was coming because of God's covenantal promise to bless his people despite their sin. So understanding these things, understanding these two key things about prophecy. That prophecy is first and foremost about foretelling the word of God. And understanding that prophecy is always covenantal in nature. Understanding these things and understanding this backdrop, we come to the prophet Jeremiah. Now, the overarching themes in the book of Jeremiah are that of God's judgment against sin, the need for repentance, and the promise of salvation for God's people. While we see Jeremiah prophesy of the coming judgment against 
sin, the sin and idolatry of Judah, he continually calls the people to repentance, reminding them that God is faithful to forgive sins and reconcile his people to himself. Once the time of repentance had passed and God's judgment had been carried out through the destruction of Jerusalem and the exile to Babylon, Jeremiah then moves to prophesying of God's salvation, of the righteous branch through which he would bring salvation to the house of Judah, the house of Israel, as well as the nations of the earth. So as we work through this book, we will look for each of these themes in our daily reading, that of God's judgment, the need for repentance, and the promise of salvation. And so as the book of Jeremiah opens in chapter one, we see Jeremiah's commission to the office of prophet We see his hesitancy concerning his call. However, God reminds Jeremiah that it would not be the work of the man, Jeremiah. Rather, it would be the work of God through his prophet, Jeremiah. In chapters 2 and 3, we see Israel is indicted for her sin and subsequently called to repentance. We read in chapter 3, verses 12 and 13, uh, we see, Return, faithless Israel, declares Yahweh. I will not look on you in anger, for I am merciful, declares Yahweh. I will not be angry forever, ever. Only acknowledge your guilt and that you have rebelled against the Lord, your God, and scattered your favors among foreigners under every green tree, and that you have not obeyed my voice, declares Yahweh. What a wonderful reminder we see. Uh, in the pages of Jeremiah, that even in the deepest depths of our sin and apostasy, God gives us a means to be reconciled to Him. And this is most clearly seen and demonstrated through the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ, who brought about the salvation of not only Israel, but of the whole world. And lastly, in chapter 4 of our reading today, Jeremiah begins to prophesy of the coming judgment in Judah. We saw in chapter 3 that Judah, who believed themselves to be right before God had not returned to God with their whole heart. Rather, what we see is that Judah played the whore and abandoned Yahweh for sin and idolatry. Although Yahweh reminds Judah that there's still time to repent, we quickly see that judgment is coming because of their sin. Matthew Henry notes in his commentary that despite Judah being home to the uh, kingly line of David, as well as home to the capital city of Jerusalem, Um, we see that the sin of Judah demanded judgment. They assumed that their false outward profession of faithfulness would be enough, but as we know, it was not. And he closes out chapter 4, and as he closes out chapter 4, Matthew Henry uh, says this, quote, How wretched the state of those who are like foolish children in the concerns of their souls. Whatever we are ignorant of, may the Lord make of good understanding in the ways of godliness. As sin will find out the sinner, so sorrow will, sooner or later, find out the secure." This is a sober reminder to all of us that we must never delay our repentance, that we must never assume that we are safe in our sin. With so much uncertainty in the world, we can be certain of this. Judgment is surely coming. Unless, by faith, we turn from our sin and trust in the finished work of Christ, who sufficiently atoned for the sins of his people and imputed his righteousness to them. 